Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So you may not have noticed it uh, in the last episode, but uh, I am currently using a slightly different setup than I uh, typically do for the recording. And last week was the trial run, which is an important thing to we'll get to in a moment, because uh, I'm going to be traveling uh, quite a bit this summer, and I'm using a like a travel setup. And it's both for the purposes of this recording as well as for all of my work that I'm, I'm going to do for the next few weeks. I'm going to be on the road. And it seemed like an interesting topic to talk about because I feel like it's a situation that being independent and being in a position where your work is not tied to an office in the way that a traditional sort of nine to five uh, like office work situation is um, allows you to be a bit more flexible with where you work and uh, from you know, depending on obviously, there's this a wide variety of family and personal situations where this would actually be the case for you. But you may be in a place where you aren't tied to one location with your work, and so you can go and work and kind of have extended vacations where you work part of the time, um, or just in general, like you, you where you work might be more flexible. And this might be because um, working from home is, as we've talked about many times, can be great, but can also be problematic if you have young children or you know even just like you're doing home renovations or things like you, you may need to work um on the move and this could apply i suppose to some degree if you um, have a more traditional job but it's something that i think is that as being independent has come up many times for me and i think my travel setup has evolved a lot um as a result and it seems like a, a, good, a good thing to talk about as i'm you know currently sitting here in front of a, a macbook pro stacked up on like 20 um, paperback <laughs> books that i found on the bookshelf of my airbnb <laughs> you know on a desk with a pillowcase across it because my mouse didn't work on the glass desk that i happened to you know that that, that <laughs> happened to be the best desk i can find sitting in a wicker chair with like pillows stacked up behind me um to try and keep me from like having a broken back by the end of sitting here for several hours like these are all the considerations <laughs> you have to do when you're not working in your in your main location where you're working on the road or you know just kind of making it up as you go yeah, I I'm, I have a, a similar setup here, with the exception that because I'm in one place for a longer amount of time, I uh, Amazoned myself an Amazon Basics office chair. Nice, because <laughs> it's like it was like sixty bucks, and I've I've actually gotten this chair one other time for another summer in a different house, and I knew it was fine, and so for a whole summer for sixty bucks of perfect ergonomic well not perfect but close ergonomic comfort i Improved. figured it was yeah it was worth it my imac pro which i brought here in my imac pro carrying case that i got last summer uh and although now i upgraded it i added a by your recommendation i added a uh, little hand cart like a little dolly that folds up um so i i was able to wheel it from the uh, boat to the house for like a half mile and that was way nicer than carrying it on my shoulder because it's really heavy it's not a portable computer it's portable now. Uh, it's, yeah. it's more portable than the new Mac Pro. <laughs> you, you, you added your own wheels to your uh, to your iMac Pro. Exactly, exactly. And I bet, and it only cost thirty five dollars. I bet the Mac Pro wheels are going to cost more than that. Probably um, thirty five dollars per wheel. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's sitting on top of a book that I found in, in the house to elevate it to the right height. <laughs> so I have a, I have a similar setup here. Uh, there's blankets on the floor so that so the podcast isn't too echoey and pillows shoved behind the desk. <laughs> so it's it's actually a very similar setup that I have going on here. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's like we do this, you know, for, and for me, it's a little bit different because I'm here for a long time. Like I'm here for, uh, you know, a, a span of months. 
in the same place. So I'm able to do a little bit more setup and a little bit more like, you know, buying things just for this. But, you know, if you're moving around more, you have, you know, different needs. You know, you probably don't want to bring an iMac Pro all around Europe as, <laughs> as, you're, probably not. as you're doing. So, um, so it's, it's a little bit different depending on like how you're traveling, where you're traveling, you know, for how long and what your needs are. Uh, if, if I wasn't actively doing a lot of development work all summer, I wouldn't bring an iMac at all. I would bring probably a 15 inch macbook pro uh because and and i think like when you when you look at you know when when your needs change or when your needs fluctuate on a regular basis there's a reason why the 15 inch macbook pro is such an incredibly popular choice for developers because you can bring that thing pretty much anywhere and do pretty much anything with it and it's kind of like the best like middle of the road solution for pretty much everything the developer might want to do in pretty much all conditions. Like you bring a 15 inch MacBook Pro with you and that can that can easily be and for me for a long time was your only Mac, your only computer and that can be totally fine. And and there is rarely a case where that will really let you down. Um and there and there's a lot of advantages to, you know, if you're if you have a lot of travel or fluctuation in your life to keeping your setup really simple on the computer side and just having a 15-inch MacBook Pro and being done with it. Yeah, though if you say that, I'm using a 13-inch MacBook Pro um, this summer, though, because I, I learned the lesson. So I did a similar kind of trip last summer, and for that, I used a 12-inch MacBook as my um, like development machine, and that was not powerful enough, especially for beta Xcodes and things. Like, it, it, you could... It worked. Like, I was able to work, but... Um, it was kind of painful and the screen was very small, but on the plus side, it was really portable and super amazing from like a travel perspective where, you know, I'm concerned with even like the weight of my luggage, uh, depending on what kind of airlines and travel you're doing. It was really, was amazing. And so my sort of like compromise situation was to get the recently updated 13 inch MacBook pro, um, as sort of a, as fast a version of that as I could. Um, it was just updated right before WDC, which was perfect because that was the last time I did a travel setup was with going to WDC where, um, you know, I'm using a, a travel, this is exactly the same sort of travel setup with, I had, um, like I stacked my computer up on everything I could find in my hotel room to get it, get it the right height. Um, but I've, the 13 inch so far, I would say the summer seems fast enough. Like it, I haven't had any major problems with it. It seems like it's fast enough and the size of it is very delightful, but yes, like it, it is having a laptop is obviously way more portable than, you know, the iMac pro that you're using. And I think the, in general is probably the right answer for most travel needs. Um, yeah. And I think it's like, if, if I did a lot of travel, I think the 15 inches would make a lot more sense. I mean, the, the widely rumored like super MacBook pro that like the MacBook macbook pro pro that's supposed to be coming out this fall might be even better um if it's like truly more of like a desktop replacement computer in terms of it has you know, very high uh, high performance um components but it's I mean, what i'll say about the 13 inch though is it's super light and portable and like it's heavier and um a bit bigger than a 12 inch macbook but not by much in a way that when i like before i got it i lo- you know looked at a couple of 15s and it's like once you get used to a really small laptop, I got to say, it's pretty nice to to have that um, and just kind of get used to the fact that you can put it in a bag, the weight doesn't really bother you, and it's, you know, it still has all full-sized everything and is, is you know, pretty performant. Yeah, and, and I will say, you know, devil's advocate a little bit here. I mean, first of all, disclaimer, 
I own last year's version of that exact laptop. Like that is my, my laptop right now is the 2018 13-inch MacBook Pro with touch bar. So I have the four ports. So, you know, <laughs> disclaimer, you know, that's what I chose as well. However, I will say that we as, as Mac nerds, we tend to overthink the differences in size and weight between the laptops. Like what we're really talking about here is 12 inches, two pounds, 13 inches, three pounds, 15 inches, four pounds. So it's like, do you want two, three or four pounds to carry? Like, you know, I know when I'm packing for travel, unless I'm actually like backpacking, which I don't sure. do, but you do sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, Not usually with a MacBook Pro though. Right. But. Yeah. Right. It's kind of impractical. <laughs> like unless you're actually carrying it on your back all day long, every day, the difference between two pounds and four pounds is not going to make a huge difference in the total weight of what you're carrying or the total weight of what you're packing. And so it, we tend to like really nitpick and overthink these these differences between the, these laptops. But really what it comes down to is like, what size are you comfortable with and what offers the features you need? And like, for me, like I, I love the 13 inch size, but if I, if it was my only or primary computer for a long stretch of time, I would want the 15 just to have more screen space, you know? Sure. The 13 is plenty fast. Speed wise, like once it went to four cores last year, uh, it's speed wise, it's fantastic. And it really doesn't need more speed for what most people do unless you do GPU uh, heavy stuff. But uh, but, you know, really, I'm very happy with the 13 in in every way, except I I do feel a little cramped by that screen when I'm doing a lot of heavy work. Fortunately, I don't do that very much on the laptop. But if you do, you know, consider the 15 and and, you know, you don't have to spec it up very far from the stock. It's pretty good stock. You just, you know, maybe bump up the uh, the SSD size. But otherwise, like, you can leave it, leave everything else stock and you get a great computer for, you know, I wouldn't say it's a great deal, but it's <laughs> it's an all right deal. And it's it can really handle pretty much anything you can throw at it. Yeah, though, no, honestly, the more I think about, it, like, I think the thing too that is often overlooked is the, the 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 reason the thing that is going to help the machine be most effective for your actually ability to get work is has less probably at this point to do with the computer itself and more the environment in which you're able to set up for you to work with that computer. Like, I'm starting to think how I think the biggest advantage I have for getting work done this summer is that I have a keyboard and a mouse. Um, and they're my normal, like, ergonomic keyboard and mouse that I have, I use at home, like, that I brought with me. Um, cause I think I was just realizing it's like, I think the thing that makes it really work is that I can sit and I can, like, work for long periods without, like, ergonomic problems, um, and strain. And, like, the thing that's ultimately going to give out, if I was just trying to use my 13 inch MacBook Pro or a 15 inch MacBook Pro as in its, you know, natural configuration using the trackpad and keyboard on the computer on a desk or in a coffee shop or whatever like the, the computer is going to be fine the like the squishy organic bit sitting in front of it is the thing that's going to give out um and that's something i think is, is a consideration that i haven't often always taken when i've been traveling is how while you know like i, I was just talking about how i'm tr- i'm trying to save space and weight by you know having a 13 inch rather than a 15 inch but at the same time i have you know a microsoft sculpt keyboard and a uh, a mouse with me and um, like <laughs> those are not necessarily like light or small but the reality is i think they're the, they're the essential parts um really because if i don't have the, if i didn't have those like i could probably only work for you know an hour or two at a time uh, at a at a Mac, macbook pro and honestly probably less than that in a cumulative effect where eventually like my wrists are going to start hurting my neck is going to start hurting like i'm never going to be able to be in an ergonomic position but you know bringing those things along it's it's fine and like you it's a you know we've been joking a bit about it but like in most kind of environments you're in like a just a normal hotel room that has a desk um 
or you're in an Airbnb and you can find like some way to couple something together, like at a dining room table, you know, you're going to find some way to elevate the laptop up so you can, it can be at an appropriate, comfortable height for your eyes. You put the keyboard and the mouse on the desk and you're in a pretty good ergonomic place. Like it's not ideal, you know, certainly not, you know, as, as ideal as an environment that you could do if it was on a more permanent basis. But like, that's a very important thing to keep in mind when you're doing this kind of travel setup too. It's not like you can overthink the laptop, but you underthink, you know, the environment you're going to be using that laptop in. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I would like, if I was given the choice between like work on a 15 inch all summer or work on a 13 inch with my keyboard and mouse yeah. and having the 13 inch be elevated, like on a pile of books, I would take the 13 inch with the proper ergonomic setup any day over having the bigger screen of the 15, but having to use the built-in keyboard all the time. And not just because I hate that keyboard, but because, yeah, as you said, like the, the ergonomics of laptops were never designed for long-term, constant primary use. You know, they were designed for like, well, if you have to have a laptop for portability, you can get stuff done, but hopefully you're doing most of your work like at a desk with a proper setup. And, and over time, like as laptops have become people's primary computers and become the, the computers that almost everybody buys... The ergonomic uh, side of it has been kind of forgotten and ignored, and people, you know, if, if you work on a laptop all day and you have, like, upper back and shoulder and neck problems, like, there's a reason for that, because, like, you're looking down at your screen and, like, hunching over, like, that's, it's terrible for ergonomics, and most people don't think about it, but, yeah, like, if, if you're going to be somewhere for a while, if you have the ability to improve the ergonomic setup, it, it is worth it, even if it means something that seems ridiculous, like carrying a keyboard with you, like a full-size desktop keyboard and mouse. Like that seems ridiculous, but it actually is a really good idea for ergonomics. Yeah, I mean, another thing to also to keep in mind that I have for this trip is um, there are nice options now for things like Luna, like using a Luna display or a sidecar coming in Catalina for taking using an ex, essentially creating an external monitor out of. Um, an iPad, which may be nice if it's an iPad that you just would have with you anyway, um, which also can give you some more ergonomic flexibility. Um, if you can't elevate your monitor, you might be able to use the monitor at its, you know, use the monitor monitor's keyboard at desk light, but have a screen that's higher up that you can look at, um, which may also give you some ergonomic flexibility. Or it's also just nice if you want to have a second screen, um, if you're using a smaller, you know, if I'm using a 13-inch MacBook Pro, sometimes I might want more screen real estate. And so I've brought along, you know, my Luna display um, just so I can connect to the iPad and use it as a second screen. If the situation arises, if I'm doing something where, you know, I have a, a big simulator build running on one screen and I want to have Xcode on the other. Um, so that's something else that I found that's useful both ergonomically as well as just in general kind of useful. We are brought to you this week by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you, are, if you ever run into any problems, just drop them an email, give them a call, or chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier for you, whatever suits you best. And they have super useful guides and support documentation, so if you need to learn how to administer a server, you can. If you need to just quickly look something up, you can. They also have a new management panel, now in beta, at cloud.linode.com. I've been using that for a while, and it's great. I, I really enjoy it, actually. Um, it's a single-page app built using the cutting-edge React.js stack and is backed entirely by the Linode Public API. So anything you can do in that control panel, you can also do with their awesome APIs. You can automate stuff. You can script stuff. It's glorious. 
Plus, they feature two-factor authentication to keep all, all of your data safe and secure. So check out Linode today. Dave and I are both Linode customers. We've been Linode customers for a long time. I've been there myself for about eight years now. And I just did a whole bunch of server work. And Linode just made everything as easy as they possibly could. I, I love it there. And their prices are really, really good. For the entire eight years I've been there, their prices have been the best in the industry. Plans start right now at just $5 a month. And that gets you one gig of RAM on your server. And they also offer lots of plans above that, depending on what your needs are, including high memory plans, dedicated CPU plans, and more. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Go to linode.com slash radar and use promo code radar2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. So that could be four months free on that $5 a month plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash radar and use promo code radar2019 today to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we've talked about how to set up your stuff to work and, and how to work on vacation. I think it's uh, one really interesting topic to cover next is kind of the overall category of choosing what to work on and what not to work on when you are traveling. How do you choose that? How do you balance that? So I think something that first comes to mind is how easy it is to lie to yourself about how much you will actually work (laughs) when you are traveling, when you're on extended vacation or you're visiting family or whatever it might be that I feel like I always go into these types of situations with these grand sort of lofty aspirations of how much I'll be able to get done, how nice it will be to kind of, you know, I'll be able to kind of go back and forth between like doing family stuff and then, you know, like I can go and do some work and it might be even more productive because I'll be so relaxed and, you know, my mind won't be over overburdened like it might be at home. Like you could tell yourself all these lies um, about how productive you're going to be. Um, the reality is it's, I find, at least for myself, I find it, it's very hard to work. Um, honestly, it's hard to work in general. Like my brain doesn't want to work ever at home, at, on the road, <laughs> wherever I am. It's always a battle to actually get work done. But at home, there's at least a little bit of um, like there are fewer distractions. There are fewer other things that I want to do. There are just structural things and choices that we've made about, you know, like, my family's not around. There's nothing really happening. It's not like I'm making other plans during that time. So work is something that become, you know, happens be- somewhat organically because there's nothing else to do. Um, when you're away and when you're traveling, even, assuming even if you have the most ideal setup you could imagine, it's always going to be a battle because, you know, the things around you are probably more interesting than work. And it becomes very hard to sort of want to be motivated to do that. And so I think to your point and your question is something that I think I've found is it's very important to choose the right kind of things to work on. If you're in an environment where you're going to be traveling and you're kind of telling yourself, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to get some work done. Cause usually like there's obviously the easy one is like the work that you, like if there's work you have to do, like, you know, a server goes down and you have to deal with it. Like, well, you'll just deal with it and it'll be fine. But the real, you know, like the actual work to do, it's like I find it's either fun to work on something that is falls into the delightful but rare category of like the project you're super excited about and that feels like fun, that feels like fake, you know, it's like it's play, it's vacation, it's like you have this app idea that you want to explore or you have this feature that is something that you 
gen- you're, you're, you're intrinsically motivated to work on that you want to do that feels like fun. If you have one of those, like that's great because like you're, it's going to pull you towards it and just be productive and it will be fun. If you don't have one of those, because like those don't come around all the time, um, it's, and I find it's something to try and bite off something small, specific and like, uh, like visible. So like what I've tried to do so far that I've been away from home is like, I'm picking features. This, there are a lot of them are these like little things that I would like to have, but haven't sort of gotten around to like a little, like for one, for example, one of the features that people have wanted for a long time in C++ is the ability to like export your data to a CSV file. Um, you know, for people who just kind of want to have it in a different format, it's like, it's a relatively easy feature. It wasn't like it was a long time to build. I could kind of in a day's work or which, when which we're traveling days work is often like four or five hours. Um, I could build it. I could, you know, sort of test it, make sure it works. I could kind of wrap it up and it's not quite, I haven't shipped it yet. Like, but the, the actual construction was pretty straightforward. And features like that, where it's like this small bite off a chunk, because it's usually, it's hard though. It's like, it's usually easy to do, so to sit down and have like four or five hours, maybe a productive work. It's very hard, I find, to have like two or three, four days in a row of like big, long chunks of dedicated work, the kind of work where you really want to kind of be, you know, sort of remembering exactly where you were when you picked up, the left off the last time, the next day when you pick it up. Like that kind of work becomes so much harder to manage because you, your schedule isn't necessarily your own. There may be things that come up and, you know, that you just want to do or, um, it, or even worse in a weird way is you might be putting the people you're traveling with in an awkward situation if like they want to go and do this thing um, and they don't want you to feel left out. So they're going to try and then work and schedule around you. So like it's a tricky situation, but I think finding things like that, that you can just like bite off a small chunk and work on those. And like the accumulation over the course of, you know, several, say four hour sessions could actually still be meaningful, productive, serious work towards like, you know, you towards your project. And in some ways it's dealing with stuff that, you know, it doesn't make, you haven't been sort of excited to work on, or it's just kind of these more nice to have features. Like it moves things forward, but yeah, I would not say to say, okay, on, you know, on, on this, on this, uh, during this travel, I'm going to build, you know, this big, deep, overarching feature that deals with huge amounts of like low-level data stuff or syncing or server interactions. Like that's silly. It's like focus on something that you can like bite off, work on, and have something to show for, honestly, too. Because one of the most demotivating things is when you you work for four hours and you're like, I don't have nothing to show for this. Like it's I, I made some deep low-level change, which may be important, but I find it really hard then to kind of be wanting to come back and do it again. Um, I, if it's not something that's like, oh, here, here's this thing that I built, you know, here's a new, a new feature, a new option, a new option in the app, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause like motivation, as you said, or like motivation while traveling, I feel like is so fragile and hard to come by. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like if, if you're, if your other option is to be like doing cool stuff and in a place you've never been before or like sitting on a beach or something like that, if like, it's, it's so hard to motivate yourself to sit down and work for long periods, you know, way harder than at home. The last thing you want to do is is do tasks or types of work that you find demotivating. You know, so like the like you know a, a good example is like I don't want to have to like fight the provisioning portal sure. <laughs> or like or deal with like oh great like my table view is buggy in the new OS like awesome like that's it's like these are like the, my least favorite things to do like it's it's hard to 
justify taking the time out of your vacation or your travel to work on things that aren't very fun or that are that just frustrate you and so yeah like as you mentioned it's a great time to do like fun little features um any kind of like prototyping new stuff you might want to do or like even just like making a toy a new a new app that's kind of like a toy app like it's a good time for that like if, if you can spare it. i mean this is why like every summer I, I have extreme temptation to, to make a brand new app of some kind and sometimes i do it sometimes i don't usually i don't release these apps because they're terrible uh, and i don't want to support them but it's it, like i have i have much more motivation to try something new possibly with you know whatever the new you know beta stuff that apple has released like to try something new with the cool new toys we got rather than like well i gotta go back to the grind of finishing this feature and this is why like I've actually had a, I had a really hard time getting started on, on new work this summer because I keep having all these like technical debt payoffs I have to do first <laughs> this summer, and, and it's been very uh, kind of frustrating and demoralizing for me, but um, I'm getting through. I'm, I'm plowing through <laughs> slowly. Maybe, maybe by the time I actually get to working on the new features that are in the betas, maybe they'll be more stable, <laughs> so maybe the time will have paid off. That does, that does work in your favor, that the, the longer you wait, the more stable everything gets. Yeah. Um, I would just say it is kind of funny that it is, and the kind of travel we're talking about is almost like the opposite of the working vacation um, that we talked, we've talked about uh, previously, where there's a different kind of vacation where, or travel setup where you are going somewhere for the explicit purpose of being more focused in work. Um, and I've, like we like talked about it whenever it was like four or five episodes when I did one of those for uh, shipping calzones, it's that kind of thing is, is it, I find it very productive and very interesting because you're, if you're going somewhere for that purpose, you typically are going somewhere that is not interesting in this quite the same way. It's like, <laughs> right. don't go to, like, don't go to Disney World and, you know, want to be there to do work. It's like, no, you're going somewhere interesting, like, go to somewhere interesting. Like, you want to go somewhere nice, comfortable, but, bore, you know, boring in that way, or at least boring in the obvious sense, um, but you know the kind of travel I think we're talking about is the kind where you know you might go for a couple of weeks, um, you, know, you know, on vacation with your family, or you know to go stay with um, you know extended for relatives or friends or something like that. Like those types of situations, it's it's not that kind of work. And honestly, too, something that I'll say is I for a long time I gave myself you know, sort of I beat myself up where I would. Um, have grand aspirations go on vacation or go on a travel like even if it was just a short trip like doesn't have to be something that's long and extended It'd be like i'm going to you know going to the, the beach for a week with my family but in the back of my mind because when you're self-employed it's like you don't get paid vacation in the way that you do at a regular job that i kind of feel felt that i always had to work that if i wasn't working like that was bad like now i was being a you know like a i was abusing the, the the sort of the privilege and ability of being self-employed if I wasn't working all the time. Um, and it meant that sometimes, you know, sometimes I couldn't enjoy um, vacations as much. So it's also just something I, just, I wanted to mention is it's, it's totally fine to give yourself paid vacation in, in the same way that um, if you were, you know, had a t- typical thing and they gave you, you know, whatever, your two or three weeks of leave, when you're on the, one of those weeks of leave, hopefully you're not thinking about work too much and like that's just as beneficial that's good for mental health that's good for productivity um that's good in a variety of ways too so it's like also keep in mind that not every not every kind of travel or trip or vacation uh, needs to be a working one um like sometimes that makes sense if you're going for a long period of time or you're going explicitly for the purpose of like taking advantage of your flexibility in location 
to kind of have a more hybrid lifestyle, like that's kind of cool. But at the same time, also don't beat yourself up if you don't get anything done or you decide it, you know, ahead of time, it's not good. And if you do that, like it's also kind of a nice thing to like, I let's honestly kind of why I love my 12 inch MacBook is I sometimes will bring it on a trip because it is awkward to work on. And if I don't bring my <laughs> keyboard and mouse, it is awkward for me to work. And so if something comes up, like if a server explodes or some weird, you know, issue happens on an app, I can do a new build. Like I've done it, like I've fixed those. I remember one of my vacations, I had, you know, there was some weird data corruption bug that's like sprung up out of nowhere. And all of a sudden I had to get this update submitted and it's like i just like worked in a friend of the friends i was visiting like their bedroom for like three hours and got an update up on you know on my 12 inch macbook and it was awful and painful and like my wrists hurt afterwards but i got it done and that's you know thankfully a rare situation and i moved on and it was great but it's like it's 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 nice to have that in the back of your mind that you can work but it's also kind of nice that i would not have wanted to do an extended bit of work um, in that environment yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because like, I, I feel like we need to remind ourselves as indies, like it's okay to not work all the time that you could possibly work. Like it's okay to take a vacation and and you know set expectations with yourself and with your users. And like I've I've honestly thought about like telling my users at this point, like, look, all this cool stuff that's gonna come in iOS 13 and all this stuff, like I'm not gonna be there on day one. And because th- I just I can't make it. Summer's too short. And I also want to have some kind of vacation time for myself. So, like, you know, set expectations, you know, with yourself, your family, your customers, that you do have to take vacation sometime and you can't constantly work. And that's okay. That's the whole point of being indie is to get the flexibility like that. You know, we, we tolerate a whole bunch of, of stuff in order to achieve this flexibility. You might as well use it. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.